0: Isn't he? Amen. We should be excited.
1: Pray together. Father God, it is so wonderful to once again join together in your house and to lift up praises to your name. God, we thank you that you are glorious and awesome, that we can, uh, you've given us voices to praise your name, to lift them up in praise right now, God. We thank you for this gathering together, Lord, that you have brought your people into this place to exalt you, Fathers, we sing and we continue to lift up our voices in praise. I pray that you will be glorified in this place as we join the angels in heaven to praise your holy name right now, God. We thank you, God, for your blessings upon us. <clears throat> in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 may be seated.
2: Close the door How great, how great is our
1: God Good morning everyone We have a special treat this weekend uh, Here I'm going to ask some of our friends to come up uh, From the Philippines Actually James Lee and Isa uh, Tika Were scheduled to be here this weekend They are from uh, the Philippines and Kay and Romy are here with us this weekend. Also, they were in a missions conference over in Millersburg, uh, Pennsylvania, and they called us on Wednesday and asked if we would mind if they stopped in to see us, so it's really a privilege for us. Uh, Kay and Romy are actually working with Advancing Native Missions, and uh, before that uh, they did work with the International Baptist uh, Theological College in Mandaluyong City and uh, they started a Filipino-American community church in Fairfax, Virginia. They were there for about 12 years, and uh, now they're with Native, uh, Advancing Native Missions. And so it's just a real joy and delight for uh, us to have them with us. And uh, Pastor James Lee and uh, Issa, real close to our family. Uh, Pastor James Lee's family is, they've always considered Linda the adopted sister. And uh, when she was 17... She went to the Bible college where Pastor James Lee's dad had started. And uh, because they knew she was from an orphanage, they took her in. And uh, it's really just been a special, special bond. And Isa, uh, her sister is the best friend of my wife's. So my wife, you know, spent a lot of time at Isa's house. And, of course, with Pastor James Lee and uh, Kay and, and Romy. This whole crew, this well, the five of them and then plus me, Uh, We got to do a lot of ministry together in the Philippines. So what a joy it is to have them. And at this time, uh, Kay is going to sing.
0: Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. His eyes is always watching over us.
2: Whenever I am tempted whenever clouds arise when songs give way to sigh and hope with What I do, I draw closer to him.
3: Amen. Wow. Holy cow. <laughs> Please reach in the book rack right in front of you. Pull out one of our little black friendship folders. If You'll be so kind to put your name on that and give it to a person next to you. I will appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. It's, uh, it's only... Uh, 45 days until our election. And uh, this is the most important election uh, in your lifetime and in my lifetime. And uh, what we're doing on Wednesday night is we're praying for America and the election. And we, ha- we put this um, prayer list in the Sunday Courier today uh, for you to take home and live on this. But I want to encourage you between now and the election to do everything in your power to show up here on Wednesday evening for our Bible study and prayer time. We're gonna be teaching about prayer and fasting and I'm gonna be asking those who are physically able to fast uh, one day a week and pray for this country and for our election. And our topic for Bible study this this Wednesday night is you know what is fasting, how do you do it, Now there are some people who are physically unable, they can't do that, you know, they have to eat at certain increments. But there are other ways of fasting for those people. There are other things that you can kind of set aside for a while to concentrate on God. And so uh, I know many of you have a difficult time on Wednesday, you work hard and, you know, it's tough, but let's do it between now and the election. Let's make a statement to our church family and to the Lord that our church cares about America and uh, we uh, we want God to intervene and restore once again his blessing on America so we're praying to that end so if you'll come and join me Uh, one of the young couples of the church says listen we're coming to the prayer service on midweek but don't ask us to pray because we don't we can't do that and I want to assure you we don't do that we don't ask anybody to pray when you come to the prayer service, we have a couple of select people that do that, and and most of our prayer time is a silent prayer. So you don't have to you don't have to worry about that. Okay, well, let's stand together as our ushers come this morning, and we'll receive our morning offering together at this time. We um, can't thank you enough for your participation each week in the offering it makes uh, makes possible what we're doing in a physical sense uh, to keep uh, our ministry going strong here and uh, keep our missionaries supplied with what they need around the world and so let's thank God for this provision now dear Lord we thank you for this day we sent your spirit in the church today Uh, your eye we know is right here on us in this room You've said in your word where two or three are gathered together in your name, you're there. And we know you're here with us today, Lord. We pray now that as we render back a portion of our income to you, that you'll just pour out upon us the spirit of blessing. Pour out upon us the spirit of generosity as we give to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
0: Good morning, everyone. It's a privilege to be here this morning. Although circumstances that brought us here is not as pleasant as I would have wanted it to be, uh, four weeks ago, the Lord took my mom home to be with him. Um, have you, has it ever happened to you where you have asked the Lord to answer this certain prayer and the Lord chooses not to give it to you? I was introduced to this song way back in March when um, my brother passed also at a very young age of 40. And as I said, four weeks ago, the Lord took my mom home. Sometimes you question the Lord and you ask him, Lord, why didn't you give that to me? But he reminded me through this song that the blessing is not in the absence of the problem. The blessing is not in the absence of sickness. But the the blessing is that even when the Lord allows you to go through difficult times, his mercy and his grace will always, always be enough for all of us.
4: is our suffering, but all the while you hear each spoken need, but love is way too much to give us lesser things what if your blessings come through raindrops what if your healing comes through tears what if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise We pray for wisdom, your voice to hear. We cry in anger when we cannot feel you near. We doubt your goodness, we doubt your love. As if every promise from your word is not enough. But all the while, you hear each desperate plea. And hope that we have faith to believe. What if your blessings come through What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near? And what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? The pain reminds this heart That this is not, this is not
2: our home
4: What if your blessings come through raindrops What if your healing comes through tears What if a thousand sleep this night disappointment and the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy and what if trying
1: He says, I had mentioned uh, Pastor James Lee and Issa uh, all the way from the Philippines. And uh, my wife met James Lee, I think, for the first time when he was about nine. And uh, so she often tells a story when they were, when she was in college, uh, his parents' little apartment was right at the garage where also the church was. And many things were happening there at the same time. And she said it'd be dinner time. And he wasn't allowed to bounce a basketball. Uh, Of course, the plates are on the tables. And she said, oftentimes, you know, everything's ready for dinner. And Pastor James Lee would start bouncing the basketball. It would hit tables, plates, silverware would be flying. And uh, and that's in the early days. And the ministry has just exploded through the years and uh, in many, many ways. And uh, the school is just doing fantastic. And our group got to see it last year. And the, the campsite, they're able to do a camp uh, there this past uh, April with several hundred students. We're so privileged. Uh, to have Pastor Jamesley, He came here for the first time in 1989 uh, with his dad and a few other men singing. And uh, for us, he's, he's more than a friend. He is uh, family. And uh, thank you so much for being here, Pastor Jamesley.
5: Thank you, Pastor Al. Um, most of all, thank you, uh, Pastor Arnold, for your uh, prayers, and for many years, a partnership with our ministries in the Philippines. Um, to many of you, you may think that, you know, oh, yeah, we do some stuff over there. We send some of our members there, and uh, and you don't really think that there's a whole lot that's being done, but in reality, every little thing that you do here hits us in waves over there, and uh, sometimes we don't see that, you know, that impact, and uh, uh, I want to just be able to amplify that today. I want to thank this church, uh, the many people in this church who have made it possible for us to continue ministry over there. Uh, also, want to thank you all for the privilege to be here. Now, I know my place here, and uh, uh, as Pastor Al said, that uh, uh, Linda, at the Linda, um, uh, she's like my adopted sister, and then. Uh, Pastor Romy and, and, and Miss Kay is in their ministry, and then there's Pastor Al, so I don't know exactly where he fits in, into these things, but I guess he's sort of adopted him. Actually, I said the first service that, uh, when you guys took Pastor Al, you know, and brought him back here, and then he brings, you know, Linda, or Bang, as they call her, uh, you guys actually took a whole team, you know, uh, with us, you know, he is, uh, our version of MacGyver, and I, I believe he's done the same here. You know, I said in the first service, he, uh, you know, he plays the drums on one hand, taps with a song on the other, right, and does another thing on the other, and does one, and he sings sometimes too, and, you know. And then Linda keeps him sane. So you know, uh, when you guys uh, when he came back here, you know, it's uh, uh, a whole team actually left us, and uh, but we want to thank you all of you. Thank you for the support that you've given to them. They've become such a valuable part of our ministry till now uh, in the Philippines. And so we hope that some of you will visit, as many of you have. It's nice to see many of you who were with us just a few years ago, uh, who were actually there and now here. that's I see Brother Harry doing well. We praise the Lord uh, for that. What an awesome blessing that is. And today I want to talk to you just a little bit on exactly what that means for a church or a Christian We always hear the words making a difference, right? It's it's a common thing. We hear that all the time. and and It reminds me of a a man named Asibi back in 1927. In 1927 there was a native man called Asibi in Africa and the yellow fever broke out. The yellow fever broke out. It was killing people you know by the hundreds of thousands within days on end. It was just one after the other. It was a terrible plague one of the most terrible plagues ever in the world at that time. Even today, in, in today's end. You know, uh, they just had no cure. They had no cure. And finally, somebody came with some kind of a cure. A possible vaccine. And they needed a tester. They needed someone who would step forward and volunteer. Someone who would say, try it on me. There was a catch, though. That the vaccine could either kill you instantly or make you well well obviously who would want to volunteer for that and there was this man a native man named the CB and he he raised his hand stood forward and he said okay we have one let's test it so what they did was this they took him and they took a test animal which is a a monkey and they injected them both simultaneously at the same time and the moment they got injected with the vaccine Within a few minutes and hours, you know, and by the next day, the monkey had already died. But a CB lived. A CB lived. And so they took his blood and studied it and found that from that blood and what was on its blood, plus the vaccine, it created a permanent vaccine that would forever cure yellow fever. One man's sacrifice, saving millions. Sometimes we say to ourselves, what can I do? I'm just one. I'm one in my neighborhood, one in my family, one in my school, one in my church, one in, you know, wherever. And you say, well, what can I do? What difference can I make? And this morning I want to challenge you to look at that with me. If you would look at Luke chapter 8, Luke chapter 8, verse 22, Luke chapter 8, verse 22, it reads this way. And one day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us come across to the other side of the lake. And so they got on a boat and started out. And as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But as soon as a fierce storm came down on the lake, the boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. And they were in real danger. What does it mean for a person to be a person that makes a difference? A church that makes a difference, what does that really mean? I've come to define it as this. A person or a church that makes a difference is one that sees God's purpose will always move with God's intentions. A person or a church that sees God's purpose moves with God's intentions. James, you got to get a little bit more in there. Let me tell you the story of what happens. The setting goes like this in Luke chapter 8. They were fellowshipping, having a great time of worship. You know, as I said in the first place, who wouldn't want Jesus to be your small group leader? How how can you beat that? I mean, I know Pastor Arnold's a great speaker. I know Pastor Al is a great speaker. But this is Jesus, okay? You know? And they're having a great time. All the disciples are there having an awesome time doing worship. I mean, they're feeding and healing the sick, making miracles happen. And everybody's having a great time. And suddenly, in in verse 22, Jesus gets up from the group. Right? From the group, he gets up. And then he says, let's go over to the other side. Looking way across Galilee. Way across the other side of the lake. It's so big, they call it the sea. It's looking way down there. How would you like it if next Sunday, or next Wednesday... As he's sharing about fasting and and, what it, and the change that America needs, suddenly, and, and everybody's having this great discussion, and the pastor gets up, and he goes, oh, I think I want to go over to the Philippines for a second. I can just see it now. Everybody's going, anybody say anything, you know? Right? You know, everybody turned around and look at Judas, and Judas says, not my time yet. No. Right? He just gets up. And he gets up and he he goes over there and he gets on the boat. Gets on the boat after all these things that are going on, all the great fellowship that are having, he gets on the boat and he goes, points there. He wants to go the other side. Why? I thought everything was great. You know, I thought it was awesome. Why do you move? Because the person that, understands the purpose, will move with God's intentions. How can I be a person that, that makes a difference? It actually starts this way. A person that makes a difference, a church that makes a difference, must have, first of all, an unsettled spirit. An unsettled spirit. W- what is an unsettled spirit? This, this philosophy and the principles I'll be talking to you about this morning are so contrary to the way we think. It is so contrary to how we want life to be we we on the other hand like to move but a person who makes a difference has a clear understanding that God is constantly moving you and I to places where we could make a difference constantly moving you and I to places where we could make the greatest difference the greatest contribution the greatest impact that's how God moves that's how a person makes a difference What does that mean, James, for you? See, we're people, and we people like to do certain things, and we love to settle, right? Let me explain my context. When you go to school, it's weird on the first day, right? And the faster you settle down, the better off we are, right? So you go to school and you get out of school, and then you graduate, and after you graduate, right? You get married, that's usually the kind of plan we want. And at the right time, we find the right girl or the right guy. And when we do that, we, what do you call that? Settle down, right? And then we go find a job. So we go find a job, and we find a good job. And when we find that job, we really don't want to switch too much. Because when we find a good one, we want to find it. And then we settle down. Down, Right? That's how it is. And then when we're done working for some several decades of working, and we're tired of working, and we think we're okay already, what do we do? We retire so that we could go to Disney World. Well, that too. We retire and we settle down, right? And like I said in the first service, when we're done settling down for the last settling, and we're done, and when we die, you know, we... Settle in, pretty much. <laughs> yes, we settle down. From Tennessee, where I'm from, we kick the can. You know, that's pretty much where it is, okay? Right? We settle down. That's how we normally are. That's how we're like, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with comfort. Not saying you shouldn't be comfortable. Not saying you should not, ha- not be blessed. You know, I understand all that. And that's a whole new different other message, okay? But what I'm saying is, That a person that makes a difference must understand that God is constantly moving you to places where you can make a difference. When a person catches that, when you understand that, your job loss gets context. Your sickness gets context. Your blessings get context. The abundance of it and the lack thereof. Your comfort, your discomfort, your harmony, your dissonance. Everything will find its context. Because you will understand that even though it's uncomfortable. You understand that God may just be moving you to another place. Where we can actually make a difference. Pastor, how does that work again? It works in another way, that a person or, or a church makes a difference also means we have to have a, a willing attitude. a willing attitude. In First Peter chapter four, verse 10, it says, "God has given each of you a gift from a great variety of spiritual gifts. I like that. It means that those of you who are jealous of the worship team. You know, well, I can't sing it like that. Well, that may not be your gift. There's a great variety of gifts that God has given you. And notice what it says. Most of us just stop, but as the verse continues, and it says, use them and use them well. It doesn't just say to those of you who have been given a spiritual gift From God's plethora of spiritual gifts, it also exhorts you and I to actually move and just use them. And not just use them, it means to use them well. To use them well. I once asked a pastor while I got here in California, um, I said when I was in California a few weeks ago, so what do you you guys do at church? You know, When when I'm in the Philippines, my main ministry uh, in our mission board, other than my church, is to mentor um, startup churches. I love mentoring pastors and, and churches who are starting up. And, and, and so I asked this pastor who was starting up a church here, old there in California, and I said, so what are you guys doing for, uh, for, for missions? He goes, well, we support missionaries. I said, that's not the question. Missions is not supporting missionaries. Sorry to, sorry to bump your bottle, okay? Missions isn't supporting missionaries. That's a partnership you're creating. Okay? Missions is what do you do with your hands and feet? That's what we're called, right? We are His hands and His feet. And, and this doesn't mean hands, feet, right? That's, that's not it. You're just doing partnership. There's nothing wrong with that. This church has you know, impacted millions of people with, with that. But that's not missions work. Missions work is what... People do at this church outside those doors, across the table, across the street, across the parking lot, across the office, across town, across the city, across the state, across the country, across the globe. There must be a, a willing attitude in order to do that. James, what does that mean? It means that our abilities—you have to understand. And this is hard. Understand that your abilities were given to be given. Can you can you say that with me? That's kind of tough to say. You know, some of us need to write that down on a big thing and poster put on the wall, right? Our abilities were say it with me given to be given. That is out of whack. Why is that? Because normally our abilities, we think, and the blessings we have were given to be kept, right? It's not given to be given. It's supposed to be kept. That's why it's a gift, right? We forget that the greatest pleasure in life is actually not in getting, but actually it's in giving. I asked the church last night, you know, we're like kids when we, on Christmas, you know, when we get these gifts, right? And there's all over the place, and give it about two or three days, we're done with it, it's like kids. But have you ever given a gift to someone and they actually use it? And every time they wear it, every time they use it, they go, oh, that was the gift. And it means so much more, doesn't it? It means so much more. You see, we have to understand how our abilities were given to be given. Now, 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 notice Jesus. They were having an awesome time of fellowship. That was like the cream of the crop, you know. Peter, James, and John, the inner circle was there. Everybody was there. There was singing, there was Bible studies, there was healing, there was feeding, having a great time. And Jesus gets up out of the boat and he begins to look out. And he wants to do something else. Something else. And he looks out over there. You know why he moved? You know why he moved? Do you know why the the disciples followed him? Now, he was with a group of fishermen. Fishermen know if there's a storm coming just by testing the wind. They don't, they don't need to see the clouds. They just feel the wind and they know it's coming. But notice in, chapter, in verse 22, and he gets in, and he gets in. And the moment we go in, you can hear Peter, but they didn't put it here in the Bible. You could just, in the King James Lee, my James Lee, t- James Lee version, it actually has Peter's quotations. Oh, no. You know, that's that, you know. When, when the fishermen ask the carpenter for help, you're in trouble. Did you hear what it said? You know, and they were taking water in. And then it says, Jesus, in the King Jesus' associate spirit, I love it. He says, "Carest thou not that we perish? My wife's from California. and California, they just say, dude, what's up? <laughs> you know? "Carest thou not that we perish? We're dying here. The Bible said, they're taking it in. They knew that was coming. They were fishermen. And they got on a boat. And Jesus, the guy who asked to go, is sleeping. How's that? I came on the plane here, and if the pilot were to say, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, in. fasten your seatbelts. And uh, when we ask the pastor to come to the cockpit because we need prayer today, come on, raise my hand. And I say, I think I'll just go to China. America's too crazy to go. But they went anyway. And they got on the boat anyway. It takes a willing attitude to be able to do that. And then when we understand that, then we'll understand that God placed us where we are. He's promoted us to where we are. He's allowed us to go to people's lives where we are. He's given us certain positions whether in a company or in a family or in the eyes of other people. He's given us blessings or maybe sometimes pain in order to understand that God put you there to be a game changer. God put you there to move because we were created to move. We weren't created to settle. A person who makes a difference in a church that makes a difference, lastly also means you actually have to have a desire to make a difference. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says it. It says, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live, I live in faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In that big, huge verse, there's a transition right in the middle. That word, and. Notice that. He, at the first part, Peter describes what God has done. I, am, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. What a statement that is for you and I, right? If you've accepted the Lord Jesus as Savior, you know what that means. You know? But there, there's that word. It doesn't stay there. It says, and. So this pulpit is the and. I'm crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And. The life I now live, this life, not that, this life. I live in faith of the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. You see, it took a desire for, for Peter to get on the boat. You know what? Jesus actually even got on the boat? Can I point you out to verse 26? In verse 26, it says this. And so they arrived at the region of Gerasenes and across the lake from Galilee. And as they were climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed with demons stopped. Good enough. Enough info right there. Did you know what Jesus actually got out of the boat? Got into the boat in spite of the awesome time they were having? Because he understood that someone needed him more. The disciples were great. The fellowship was awesome. But someone needs me more. Someone by the name of Legion. A man who's been suffering all his life. 22,000 demons inside him. I could just see it now. Here's Matthew, the accountant. And accountants are famous for one thing. They count. The guy says, duh. Yeah, they count and jesus gets out and he goes, any counts here and jesus says yes and and matthew the tax collector counts and jesus says who are you i am legion and somebody says oh man what's up you know and he goes i'm legion and he goes how many are you just 2000 i could just see matthew go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, Judas, he doesn't count. He's messed up, and there's this Jesus 13 versus 2,000. Let's get back on the boat. Why don't we? How do you see it now. How do you see it now? It's just like that. But guess what? It's, it, it's a commitment. It took a desire to make a difference, to get on the boat. It took a desire to make a difference to storm through the storm. It took a desire to make a difference, to stay while Jesus was dealing with the demon. It took that because of one simple thing, a desire to make a difference. From that point on, that man says, Jesus, let me go with you. Jesus says, no, don't, stay here. And guess what happens? If you read biblical history, what happens, that man went on to seven other cities where he was pretty famous for being a demoniac, and he goes to seven other cities, and he reads so many people after that, all because of one boat ride. In your case, maybe one text, one invitation to go to church. In your case, it may be something, just that one. It actually works pretty simple. I asked Pastor Al to find me a few people um, to help me with, with my illustration. Um, I asked him to give me six people, and if Pastor Al picked you, um, it doesn't mean he feels bad or well, has got ill feelings against you, it's okay. Don't worry. i ask the ladies to be on my left and the men on my right. And just like the first service, we pick some good ones on these men. And whatever happens is Pastor Al's fault, okay? I don't work here, so I'm not fearful of my job. He needs to be. Ma'am, would you please come up here, please? Right, right here? Great. Would you please one hand out? All right, good. This message is actually illustrated in what I'm about to do. And again, as I said in the first service, after I do, after I finish with this lotion illustration, these men hasn't been this smooth since they came out of the womb. <laughs> All right, kindly put the lotion, um, your hands or elbows, wherever you think it needs to be. placed. Yes, it's going to take about two buckets for you guys for this thing to work, but that's good enough for right now. Uh, great. Does that feel good? Much better, right? We guys we just use gravel, you know, works just as well. <laughs> Feel good, right? Yeah. That's just like what Jesus did when you came to know him as Savior. When you came to know him as Savior, you couldn't have asked for this. But for some reason, as you listened to the word of God, he began to speak to you. And he came in, and he took the roughness of your life. And he cleansed it all away. And for some reason, you can't explain the things you used to like to do, you don't want to do them anymore. For some reason, the Bible that you couldn't understand, it was jumping out of the text because it was telling me something. It was something real. It was no longer a religion, it was a relationship. It just meant so much more. But you see, it doesn't stop there. It actually goes more. Both hands, please. Right, now kind of go ahead and rub that all over now. Great. Like I said to the guys, this is just a very little difference here, but it's good enough. That feels so much better, doesn't it? Yes, it does. That's an awesome feeling, a lot better than when it first started, right? That's a picture of God's sanctifying work. As he begins to open the Word of God and listen to the Word and let the Holy Spirit work in your life, He takes the rough spots of your life. He gets to smoothen things out. The hateful spirit, the rebellious mindset, that anger that used to sit in, the the vices that we just do on a normal basis. God begins to tell you, okay, let me replace that with something better. And He begins to work all that stuff out in your life. And suddenly, you feel a change. And you look back today, and you look back at the year that you came to know a Savior, and you say, I don't know that man. I like this one better. And all of us have a common tendency to just stop right here and just get lotioned by the pastor and by the staff and the worship and every Sunday, and there's nothing wrong with that. But church is much bigger than that. It goes beyond the four walls of the church. In reality, it's supposed to actually be like this. And no, you don't get to put that on yourself. Would you kindly go and give a little bit to everybody else? Just yeah, give a little lotion to. I
3: smell better too.
5: Yes, (laughs) you smell better too. (laughs) Let's thank all the all the volunteers. Coming. Thank you so much. You can you can go back to your seats. Now, to some, I gave more than others. You know, there's some I, I gave quite a bit, and there's some I just gave them the same, and some I gave actually a lot less than what it was. You know, um, but in reality, that's that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to work that way. That we have what we have, and God has placed us where we are, not only for ourselves but to actually make a difference for somebody else. The best way to test it, if it works, is at the count of three, what I want you to do. Because some people got all the way back there, and there's some who were just here. Some got a little bit farther. At the count of three, I want you to close your eyes and just take a whiff and smell. Ready? Just smell the air. One, two, three. Now, doesn't that smell so much better? Doesn't it? Right? But the church didn't stink when you came. Okay? but it smells so much better, right? Yeah. That's what happens when the people of God take what's in their hands and spread it around. Pretty soon, the others are back there who never got even just a little bit. They haven't felt it, not yet experienced it. Man, they can smell you from a mile away. And they they go what is that? I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about you. But I like it. And when you can get one day close enough to them, where you can touch them, the problem is with so many of us, myself included, is sometimes we're so scared that we might run out of lotion. When we forget, it never came from us to begin with. It was always not by our personality, but by His power and His abundance. And when we allow God to allow us to be conduits of His grace, He allows us not just to clean ourselves up and smoothen things out. He allows us to do that for other people. And pretty soon, before you know it, it's all the way across and they could smell it. The truth of the matter is, is this, and I'm done. This... Coming here, I saw so many churches, different denominations. The truth of the matter is this is the truth. America or the Philippines. It doesn't really need another church. Really. It doesn't really need another church. You know what it really needs? It needs a group of people who will take Jesus and Christianity Seriously. And when we do, they can smell you from a mile away. And when they come close, all it takes is just one touch. It starts the process over and over and over again. Father God, I come before you today. I want to thank you for the privilege I've been given to share your word. I want to thank you, Lord, for just allowing me to be a part And actually a product of the ministries here. I thank you for their partnership. I thank you for their graciousness. Father, I continue to give you the service today. In your name we pray. Pastor.
3: Amen. Let's bow our heads. Just one minute, please. This message has touched our heart, I know because you and I are here and we've received uh, the healing ointment from the Lord and he's smoothed out a lot of rough places in our life Uh, but it's so so often we uh, we don't take it and give it give it away Uh, I'd like to encourage you today to uh, to respond to what the Lord is teaching you what the Lord is telling you right now and uh, do something Significant with what we've heard this morning, dear Lord, we thank you for this message today, and we we pray that this visual picture uh, that has been painted for us by James Lee uh, will linger some time in our life, and as we think about taking what you've given to us and not hoarding it to ourselves, but sharing it with others, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing our invitation song this morning. Issa is going to come and sing this song. And If you need to, like, come and respond to God here in prayer at the altar for a need in your life or the life of someone else, you feel free to do that as she sings.
4: a little hope not too far from here and I may not know their name but I'm praying just the same that you'll use me Lord to wipe away the tears cause somebody's crying not too far from troubled and confused. Somebody's got nothing left to lose. Not too far from here. Somebody's forgotten how to trust. Somebody's dying for love. Not too far from here. It may be a stranger's face But I'm praying for your grace That you'll move in me And take away the fear Cause somebody's hurting Not too far from
2: here
4: Help me Lord Not to turn away from strength and compassion when somebody finds the road of life to steep somebody's down to their last time somebody's running out of time not too far from here now I'm letting down my God and I'm opening my heart. Help me speak your word to every needful ear, because Jesus is waiting, and he is just Does this way?
3: line. Someone's running out of time, not too far from here. I think all of us know people like that, don't we? Let's take what we we got today and uh, spread it around. Fellas in the back, uh, can we have a couple offering plates back there at the door, please? Uh, Whenever you leave the service, reach down in your pocket and put something, if you have it, in the offering plate, we want to help these people. They have a long way to go back home, all the way to the Philippines. But haven't they been a blessing to us today? Wow. Wow, wow. Turn around and shake hands with everybody around you. God bless you. Have a great day.